Welcome to Crime, Corruption, and Cocktails, the true crime podcast where we look at cases of corruption and negligence and examine their historical and cultural implications. Today, I'm drinking a Moscow Mule. What do you have, Del? I am drinking a glass of red wine, and on this week's episode, we are going to look at three tragedies that happen on movie sets. During the making of The Twilight Zone, The Crow, and more recently, Russ, mistakes led to deadly consequences. Let's start with the oldest movie on our list, The Twilight Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone was a 1983 movie based on the iconic show and was directed by John Lannis. The movie was divided into four segments and during the first section, Vic Moreau's character was sent back to the Vietnam War where he was a Vietnamese man protecting two children from the American troops. Those children were played by six-year-old Renee Chen and seven-year-old Micah Lee. The filming location was in Santa Clarita, California, and in this 30-mile zone, there were no city lights visible during scenes filmed at night and permitted increased use of pyrotechnics. It also featured wild topography of green hills, dry desert, dense woods, and jungle-like riverbeds along the Santa Clara River, which made it suitable for doubling for locations around the world, including Afghanistan, Myanmar, Brazil, and Vietnam. The night scene called for Moreau to carry Renee and Micah out of a deserted village across a river while running from American troops who were in a hovering helicopter. During filming on July 23, 1982, the helicopter was piloted by Dorsary Wingo. Wingo stationed the helicopter near a motor effect that was going to be set off. As the helicopter ascended, the effect was set off causing the rotor to detach from the tail. The helicopter then spun out of control. Moreau and the children were on the ground and Moreau had dropped one of them. As he was reaching to grab them, the helicopter fell on them. Moreau and Lee were decapitated while Chen was crushed. No one was held criminally responsible for the accident, although it was reported that the director wanted the helicopter to fly lower and the pyrotechnics were set off too early. The families of Moreau and the children settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. During the investigation, it was discovered that Lannis had violated child labor laws by hiring Lee and Chen without the required permits. It should also be noted that the children's parents were not told about the helicopter or pyrotechnics. The next tragedy on a film set we are going to detail is the death of Brandon Lee on the set of The Crow. Brandon Lee is the son of Bruce Lee and they both tragically died young. On March 31st, 1994, the crew were filming a scene in which Brandon's character is shot after seeing the rape and assault of his fiance. The gun was fired by actor Michael Massey. A previous scene using the same gun had called for inert dummy cartridges fitted with bullets but no powder or primer to be loaded in the revolver. For close-up scenes that use a revolver where the bullets are clearly visible from the front and do not require the gun to actually be fired, dummy cartridges provide a more realistic appearance than blank rounds, which have no bullets. Instead of purchasing commercial dummy cartridges, the film's prop crew, hampered by time constraints, created their own by pulling the bullets from live rounds, dumping the powder charge, then reinserting the bullets. During the scene in which Brandon's character is shot, the dummy cartridges were exchanged for blank rounds, which 
feature a live powder charge and primer, but no bullet, thus allowing the gun to be fired without the risk of an actual projectile. Since the production company had sent the firearm specialist home early, responsibility for the guns was given to a prop assistant who was unaware of the rule for inspecting all firearms before and after any handling. Therefore, the barrel was not checked for obstructions when the time came to load it with blank rounds. Since the bullet from the dummy round was already trapped in the barrel, this caused the 44 Magnum bullet to be fired out of the barrel with virtually the same force as if the gun had been loaded with a live round. The dummy round struck Lee in the abdomen and fatally wounded him. The final example we're going to look at is the death of Helena Hutchins on the set of Russ. The film set of Russ had been marred with safety issues. There were reports that firearm protocols were not distributed and not followed on set. It was also claimed that no medics were on the scene during the construction of the film sets. Before the incident occurred, two prop guns had previously been fired a total of three times unintentionally. Baldwin's stunt double had accidentally fired two blanks when he was told a prop gun was cold and the film's prop master shot herself in the foot with a blank round. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed was responsible for overseeing all weapons on set as the production's property key assistant and armorer. It should be noted that on her first film, The Old Way, several crew members complained about her handling a firearm, including one incident in which she discharged a weapon without warning, and that caused lead actor Nicolas Cage to walk off the set. Dave Halls was the assistant director. In the aftermath of the incident, former colleagues reported that Hall's faced complaints in 2019 about his behavior on two episodes of Into the Dark in which he disregarded safety protocols by ignoring block exits and a fire lane. In the same year, Hall had been fired from working on the film Freedom's Path after a firearm discharge unexpectedly on set wounding a crew member. On October 21st, 2021, the cast and crew were rehearsing a gun scene taking place inside of a church at the Bonanza Creek Ranch. Firearms and ammunition were retrieved from a lock safe and Gutierrez-Reed placed three guns used as props on a cart. Among them were a plastic gun that could not shoot live ammunition, a modified weapon that could not fire any ammunition, and a solid frame 45 caliber Colt revolver replica. The scene involved Baldwin's character removing a gun from his holster and pointing it towards the camera. B camera operator Reed Russell was situated on a camera dolly looking at a monitor with Hutchins and director Joel Souza both nearby. While the trio behind the monitor were repositioning the camera to remove a shadow, Baldwin began explaining to the crew how he planned to draw the firearm. He said, quote, so I guess I'm going to take this out, pull it, and go bang, end quote. When he removed it from the holster, the gun fired a single time. Baldwin and Hawes had said that Baldwin did not pull the trigger. The projectile flew towards the three behind the monitor, striking Hutchins in the chest and Souza in the shoulder. Hutchins was flown by helicopter to the University of New Mexico Hospital in Albuquerque, where she was pronounced dead. Souza was treated by EMS and transported by ambulance to Krista St. Vincent Regional Medical Center in Santa Fe, where he was admitted and released by the following morning. On October 21st, the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office said it was investigating, quote, what type of projectile was discharged, end quote, and how the event occurred. Baldwin was questioned and left without charges filed. On February 15th, the Hutchins family filed a wrongful death suit, which names Baldwin, Halls, Gutierrez, Reed, Prop Man, 
Grandmaster Sarah Zachary and others as defendants and seeks unspecified damages. There are conflicting reports regarding who is ultimately to blame. According to a search warrant, the guns were briefly checked by armorer Gutierrez Reed before Assistant Director Halls took the weapon from the prop cart and handed it to Baldwin. In a subsequent affidavit, Halls said the safety protocol regarding this firearm was such that Halls would open the loading gate of the revolver and rotate the cylinder to expose the chambers so he could inspect them himself. According to the affidavit, Halls did not check all cylinder chambers. He recalled seeing three rounds at the time. While the gun was loaded with at least four, one of which was a live round, he, quote, couldn't recall if Gutierrez Reed spun the drum, end quote. In the warrant, it is further stated that Halls announced the term, quote unquote, cold gun, meaning that it was empty. Jenny, what are your thoughts on these examples of tragedies on movie film production sets? To me, they're really all examples of what happens when you cut corners. And I think that's something we've talked about on this podcast before. That's the best explanation for it. For The Crow, why would you let the firearms expert go if you know you're going to be filming a scene like that? And on movie sets, they don't just say, okay, hey, how about we film this scene next? There is a plan. So I understand that The Crow was behind on schedule, which, you know, time is money. I understand that. But there's no excuse to have that person, the firearms expert, go, especially if the prop assistant or the prop master was not going to have everything thoroughly explained to them. I read something about how they're really should be no reason for prop guns to be firing things, especially a live round of that. That should never be on a film set. So in regards to rust, I didn't know about all those issues beforehand. That's really interesting. I wonder if the film's lower budget had anything to do with that or if, you know, the production crew, the director, whoever maybe used that as a bit of an excuse to maybe hire some people that didn't necessarily know what they were doing, people that didn't have a ton of experience, maybe not getting the right prop. We had said that sometimes like safety protocols weren't even fared with people. And if guns are going to be such a big part of this movie, that doesn't make any sense to me. As for Twilight Zone and John Landis, I think I am a little biased because I've heard of this case. He did not seem to care one bit about safety. He just wanted his movie to be made the way he wanted. I don't know if there was time constraints from what I have heard with people that worked on that set, he was difficult to work with and people didn't want to tell him no because of that. And I'm sure people might have noticed something that didn't seem safe and didn't want to tell him because they knew he was just going to disregard them. He, I think, was kind of sneaky with some of the stuff that he did. We said that he um, did not follow child labor laws and he knew that he wouldn't get approval for the kids to work late, so he didn't even bother trying. And he hid them away from a like fire inspector that was on the set because he knew he would have gotten reported. So he knew what he was doing was dangerous. And in my opinion, he did not care. I'm not going to flat out say he doesn't care to this day, but little bits of interviews with him that I have read, I haven't seen him apologize for this. And I'm not saying he's never apologized for filming a movie that three people died on. I don't, I'm sure he has apologized to the families, but it seems like in these interviews, he's not taking responsibility 
responsibility. In one interview, he talked about how this hurt his career. And in another one, he mentions how it was the special effects person's fault. So to me, that really just shows that he doesn't get it. For like the child labor too, I'm sure that happens a lot. And it probably happened a lot back in the 80s when that movie was filmed. That's not an excuse, of course. But that is in a way like a safety issue too. It was a horrible accident. And I think he should have been held criminally accountable for it. I'm interested to see if anything else will play out with Russ because we are kind of in the beginning phases of the families asking for compensation. I think more details will come out as maybe investigations wrap up. And who knows, maybe even in like the following years, we'll have more information from people that worked on the set or maybe even Alec Baldwin himself. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you have stated. When it comes to the Twilight Zone, it seems like everyone that would have been responsible for safety completely really didn't care. I think it's one thing when you're in the moment, but after a tragedy happens, I think that's the time where you take a step back and reflect and really accept your role in it. I remember reading that the helicopter pilot, Wingo, he has stated something to the effect of Moreau should have looked up and he would have saw it. And it's like, what are you talking about? One, the accident happened fairly quickly. So as soon as it was ascending, that's when it came crashing down. The reason why he was stalled in moving was he was assisting one of the children. And regardless, of anything why are you victim blaming why are you trying to say that his death was his own fault because he should have looked up and saw a helicopter that was five seconds away from crashing and killing him and when it comes to the crow that's definitely where i feel negligent really kicked in where it seemed like they were focused more on trying to make it look realistic and in doing that totally disregarded the safety aspects of having potentially deadly weapons on a film set when it comes to rust it's a very similar situation and you spoke about the lack of experience and I think that was really key in this case because Gutierrez Reed she was really inexperienced and one of the rumors I'm not saying that you know this is a thousand percent true but one of the things that people were saying was that the reason why she got the job was that she was cheaper to hire and she is the daughter of a legendary Hollywood armorer who has a great track record so I I do wonder how much nepotism may have played in her hiring and the fact that they ignored what happened on the previous movie that she was also an armorer for. There should be no reason why there should be frequent accidental discharges of weapons and there also should be no reason why only one person is responsible for checking a weapon that's going to be loaded with any type of ammunition but definitely live ammunition. Like you, I'm really interested in seeing what happens with the civil case and a possible criminal case uh, when it comes to Russ. The production has been shut down indefinitely and I don't see it being reasonable for the production to resume at any point in time. Unfortunately, these incidents are not isolated events on film production sets. According to the Associated Press, there have been at least 194 serious television and film set accidents in the United States from 1990 to 2014. 
2014 and at least 43 deaths. Federal data shows that the number of fatalities has actually increased in the last decades, while the number of accidents overall decreased. Annual mining accidents and injuries and deaths in U.S. law enforcement communities are actually lower than that than in the film industry. Jenny, what do you think can be done to make film sets safer for those involved in the production process? First, I want to say that the statistics are really crazy that mining and like law enforcement death and injuries are lower than that in the film industry is kind of hard to believe. It seems like no matter what rules are put in place, people will disregard them so that they can profit or just get their job done. I think unions can play a big part in this. I think that there really needs to be better communication and maybe more rehearsals for scenes with weapons, maybe even a third party ensuring safety protocols, maybe even like local law enforcement or someone on the scene to ensure that there is like safety going on. I think that there also could probably be some fines against distributors and production companies if they're not following safety protocols, but I feel like that can only go so far. One thing that I've seen people suggest, and there's um, a TV show on now, I believe, called The Rookie. They only use airsoft guns in their production, but nothing that has like bullets that are coming out, and I think that is probably a really good step. Also, can we use special effects more? I mean, you could get a prop gun that has like absolutely nothing loaded in it and then just add in like a bullet or the effect of shooting a bullet. As I was researching this, I saw a quote from Steven Spielberg who had said no movie is worth dying for and I absolutely agree with him on that. I also wanted to point out and I think that this is interesting that the gun industry is paying a lot of production companies for their products to be used. So I think if that stops somehow we can then move on to some other safer options. Del, what do you think can help this situation? So I definitely agree. I don't see any situation where live ammunition needs to be on a film set. I don't think that budget is ever a reason to put people in danger. If you don't have the budget to do a certain scene, then don't do it. But I think it goes back to people have to know the safety protocols. People have to follow them. And no matter how safe you think something may be, double check. So I agree that there needs to be some sort of independent party that's involved that has no ties to anyone that can come in and make sure that safety protocols are being followed and that especially when you're using guns and other weapons as well, they're being used in a safe way. And that not only are select members of the production crew aware of how to safely check a gun, but that the actors know that as well. While I understand that the tradition is once you hand it to the actor, it should be ready to go. I think that it would be beneficial for actors to have some awareness that if someone says cold gun and gives them a gun, that is actually a cold gun. I don't think that that is a big sacrifice to make when you are ensuring the safety of the other people and making sure that tragedies like this and others that we didn't go over don't happen again. That wraps up this week's case. Thank you for listening. Let us know in the comments what you think about the deaths that occur during film productions. You can read more about this case and how to support us in the links below. We will be back next week with a brand new episode focused on the unsolved Burger Chef murders. As always, stay safe. Thank you.